guys, welcome back to the Kind of an Expert podcast, the only podcast where the guest picks the topic of every single episode. My name is Corey Tyndall, and as always, I'm your host. And this week, I sat down with New York City comedian Laura High to talk about sperm donor babies. Um, so technically, I learned that these are called donor-conceived people, but we both agreed that sperm donor babies is a more entertaining way to say it. So we're going with that one. And this might have been the most interesting podcast that I have done on this feed out of the 100 and now 12 podcasts that we have up. Um, so Laura herself is a sperm donor baby. So we talk about what her parents had to go through to conceive her, what it's like being a sperm donor baby. But a lot of this podcast is around the practices of the clinics themselves and how shady the those practices are from anonymous donors to uh, lack of medical records. And honestly, I don't want to give too much more away than that because um, what she was saying was absolutely fascinating and you guys are going to love this episode. You can follow her on social media, Instagram, and especially TikTok at Laura High Five. Um, she does a lot of videos along with stand-up about sperm donor uh, babies, donor-conceived people, um, and she's doing a lot of investigations around these different pods that are starting to pop up uh, around the country of more than 100 people that were all from the same um, sperm donor. So go give her a follow. She's going to keep everyone updated on those as she learns more information and uh, her feed is absolutely fantastic, incredibly fascinating. Uh, you can follow me at Corey T Comedy on all social media. And if you're in New York City, come to Ope, a comedy show in the East Village every single Thursday, 8.30 p.m. Chris Ryder and I uh, put on that show. Laura's been on it before and she will definitely be on it again. Quick note before we get into the podcast, there was an audio issue for the first half, so it might sound a little bit different. That's going to flip over to the normal audio audio sound at about 30 minutes, but if it sounds weird, don't freak out. Just enjoy this fascinating episode of Kind of an Expert. So you're saying you have a show right after this? I literally have a show after this. I'm going to be featuring at Bananas. Okay. So I'm going to be doing somewhere between 20 to 30 minutes nice. when I get there. Uh, I literally would probably just like run on stage and be like, hey. <laughs> um, and yeah, no, it'll be a good time. I love bananas. Have you performed there? No, I've never been to, wait, that's in Jersey, right? Yeah, Yeah. Uh, Rutherford. Okay. It's a great venue, they're wonderful. I They've been very generous to me because they've allowed me to like get up on the stage and just bomb and then they still hire sure. me back. So. <laughs> They really are great, and they were a place where I definitely learned a lot about hosting, because that's how they first hire oh, you. Oh, nice. And it took me a few times to really go, oh, oh, this is how you, oh, I get it now. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they were, they've always been very kind and nice to me. What was the biggest thing that you, like, got with hosting? Um, is there anything that, like, stuck out, or is it just, like, because I do think it is kind of a feel thing as well. Like for me, it was kind of the realization like, oh, my job is to just like be chill, like yes. ensure the audience they're going to have a good time. That's what my job is. I think as a host, you have to understand that it is so not about you. Yeah. It's not about you. No. You are, you basically treat it as you are the host of a party and you welcome <laughs> all of these amazing guests. And drinks you're just are like, over here, snacks are, are over here, your go, waiter will be coming around. And, and you're like, yep. oh my God. Have you met Steven? Steven is so funny. You are yeah, gonna yeah, love yeah. Steven. Oh my God, I gotta introduce you to Steven. Come here, Steven, come here. Oh my God, guys, you meet Steven. Yeah. That's what your job is, is to get everyone hyped up. You are the ultimate hype man. That is a great way to think about it. And that is how, and that, when that eventually really clicked and that went like, oh shit. I mean, obviously you wanna be funny. You wanna crack jokes as a stand-up comedian, but it's more important that you get the audience comfortable and warmed yeah. up and set up because if you can see that the other comedians are doing really really well and the audience is super warmed up for them yeah. that is your job that is your job number one yeah. then and yes being funny is like a natural part of it but yeah it's it, it's funky as a host well so how much do you change up like your normal set when you're hosting because you you headlined our show mm -hmm. me and chris Ryder, who's and been i on did this, like, on that. 
No, you were good. You were great. It was a weird audience. No, you did a great job. No, that wasn't that. Um, that. I was just like, I could never feel their rhythm. I think I was in a funky mood or something. uh, It's all good. But I was mad. I I thought you did good. But like, when you're... when you're hosting, like, how much do you change up your set? Because, like, do you talk about the the donor conception stuff in your set at all, or is that... if I'm hosting, yeah. sometimes. Okay. Um, usually when I'm hosting, it's almost always all crowd work. Yeah. It's almost all crowd work. That I, do, I do like crowd work and like silly shit, or mm-hmm. like if I know there's a really dark comic coming on, I'll like do a, like a little bit not to like yes. step on it but just be like hey this might happen later wink wink it's going to like <laughs> typically i actually tack more into my divorce set ah. because that's a lot more universal and i feel like as a host that's a better thing to do yeah um that's much more easier to grasp onto because when i do the donor conception stuff like i need a lot more um like the audience typically there's a lot more like trust that they need to like kind of follow yes. me on this journey with but so divorce is easy like everyone gets divorced there i don't i've decided i don't think there's a single person who either hasn't been divorced themselves or has a family member that is like everyone's got one of the two and even if you're married and you're happily married you still get it because you have had a divorce fantasy yeah everyone (laughs) has had a divorce oh no no and i tell this i tell i tell all married people i'm like i promise you your partner has had a fantasy of divorcing you they have planned their outfit they know their hairstyle (laughs) they know exactly what they would say to you i promise that's fucking true like never ever stop like don't ever take your partner for granted yeah i promise you because they have had that little fantasy of leaving you i promise i mean like, everyone's done that in relationships, too. Mm-hmm. Like, anyone's just like, I've never thought about breaking up with my significant other. Shut up. Yes, you have. You could be like, as You could bury that as... As ever, but you still <laughs> haven't. Yeah. Even if you, like, bury that deep down, it's coming out in your subconscious in your dreams. Like, there's no possible way you can escape that completely. Oh, even if you're just, like, going on a dark little tangent in your head and you're just like, I wonder what happened if I completely upheave my entire life right just- now. Just what, what, what what happened, happened if I killed him? Oh yeah, no, you absolutely have. <laughs> Everybody's had those like little intrusive thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I do think even happily married couples still get it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but the donor conception stuff that like normally when I'm hosting higher level concepts, stuff that people aren't as familiar with. Mm-hmm. If I'm gonna go out there with an idea, yeah, it's like. I'm not going to do it while hosting. That's not my job to like try to get them to come along this weird little pathway that yeah. I've done. But like in your, so, well, I guess if it's a longer hosting set, right? Like, if it's how do you a longer hosting that? set, I would say if I have like 15 minutes as a host, yeah, I can go into it and, I'll, and I can feel because I've, and if I've done like really good crowd work up top and they're really feeling me and we're, we're having a good time, then yeah, I, I, I feel safe going into it and it's okay. going to be okay. Um, but if I'm doing like an eight minute set, absolutely not. No, that's yeah. Absolutely not. No, you no, no. It. It's not. We're not doing easy happen. shit. We're doing nice, easy little dick jokes that we yes. can all get behind. <laughs> we can all understand. Not hard dick jokes, easy dick. Easy jokes. dick jokes. All right, we're not ready for the big fucking dildo no. that is donor conception. Like yes. that's just not it's... something we're warmed up to. <laughs> it requires a little bit of loop. That's like really appropriate. The donor conception is a dildo. It's a giant to fucking an dildo. Dick. Yeah. Yeah. So like. How much does it differ? So I've seen like a bunch of your videos on yeah. TikTok because we're we're friends on TikTok and TikTok is like, oh, your we, friend's putting out a lot of videos. And I was like, all right, yeah, this is interesting. How much does that change between like the TikTok and the set? I'm assuming the set's pretty boiled down. And then like, what are we missing in the TikTok? Which like, I'll put your TikTok in the show notes so people can totally. go watch that. But like, give me, give me the breadth of the situation. Like your so, history what you're doing right now and like what is what you're trying to do my stand-up is much more about my personal story and my tiktok is more about donor conception and the infertility industry in general okay that's really the difference of the two like with my stand-up it's my fucking story i'm gonna tell you like what has happened to me 
um, my emotional journey with it. And there is like so much more about it that like I am continuing to write. Like I'm, you know, I have like my tight little vibe about it. Sure. But I have a lot more about it that I'm trying to really write into it a little bit more. Certainly since that's like what I'm becoming a little bit known for. Sure. But no, the, um, what I put out online in terms of my TikTok is other people's stories. I talk about mm. the laws. I talk about, um, crazy, um, uh, unethical practices, yeah. specific clinics. I saw a lot of, a lot of those videos yeah. where like, and we can get into that Fuck yes. later. Let's but name like, names. Yeah. Right. Oh, um, I'm 100% willing to throw every <laughs> fucking clinic under the bus. I am <laughs> happy to name fucking names. We are here for that on this oh, podcast. Oh, let us spiel All this right. tea. Let's excellent teaser. Excellent teaser so they keep listening to the podcast. So what is your history with donor because you're a donor conceived uh individual. Individual, yeah. I was gonna ask you what can the, call me the a correct don yeah. Okay. I would say if you talk to other donor conceived people, call them donor conceived people, donor conceived individuals. Okay. Me personally, I I as a stand-up comic, because our whole thing is like let's go for the joke, yeah. sperm donor baby is just a funnier word. That's a great one. It's a fucking funny word. So call me a sperm donor baby. I'm perfectly fine with that. Right. Because it's just it's funny but yes if you want to try and be respectful to other donor conceived people please yeah. call them a donor conceived individual um so i am a donor conceived individual i was conceived in 1987 okay. i was born in 1988 and the infertility industry is um extremely unregulated and it was very unregulated uh, it's very unregulated now and when i was made it was like just it was the most like amorphous amoeba branch yeah. of medicine like there it were, makes sense because like men are just throwing it everywhere anyway but oh, it's like why would that one yeah. be regulated oh it was it's it's sperm it, you can't you, <laughs> sperm left and right yeah you can't touch a doorknob without touching sperm exactly it's it's very right? crusty and gross they were like this is why we need clinics. Most people are getting donor conceived just based off the street. They're like just walking into it. We need some place where they can go. Yeah, let, let's, I tell you what, we're gross normally. Let's get paid to be gross. Exactly. That's what it was. I think we're all for that. <laughs> and it was, so I was, um, my parents were struggling with, both of my parents struggled with infertility, but my mom's issues could get fixed. My dad's issues could not. Okay. So my mom had three years of hormone therapy um in two surgeries and wow. she had a full reconstruction in 1987 and then she was able and ready to get pregnant and she was um hold on one second she, she what was the term um ovulating on a holiday weekend but the bank was closed and the clinic was closed because it was a holiday was I, was, I was like the bank like why did she couldn't <laughs> like get cash out for the for the vial of sperm like what's going on <laughs> all right sorry i so, lost lost worry. track there it's been a long day <laughs> the clinic was closed it was a Jew, it was the jewish new year and uh -huh. so they were like sorry clinic is closed and now this is the first time she's ovulating after the surgery she's now been on hormone therapy for three years it's a fucking wild ride being on hormone therapy yeah. it can get painful at times like it's Boy. horrible and she was like are you fucking shitting me like can we please figure something out yeah. can i come into the clinic anything please and now i was the my parents were the clinics the doctors first patients ever wow first doc like first clinics patients ever like my parents were like the first people to step Jesus. inside this place what a so, weird thing to be a guinea pig for i, I don't was like <laughs> Like, uh, maybe you go to a, a you know, more established uh, establishment. It's not the thing you want to be first at. No. I don't feel it's good like, about it. I don't want to be the first one on a roller coaster. I don't want to be the first one at a skydiving company. I don't want to be the first one at a donor conception clinic. The fact that I'm like data is not a nice feeling. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nobody wants to be a statistic. I'm, I don't enjoy it. <laughs> I, I, I remember like when my mom told me that I was like, so I could explode at any second and that's just yeah. like research. Right. The code, they hard coded it into your DNA. Like, like, at this time you're done. Done. All right. <laughs> we got that kid. All right. That guinea pig we got, we got everything we need from. Yep. All right, cool. Um, so my mom, so the doctor decided, so he's very young at this point and he decided, okay, I have this idea. This is what we're going to do. Uh, my mom, you are going, we're going to get the donor to drop the sperm off at a hotel concierge. My mom, you go pick it up and then go inseminate it with your husband. 
hilarious. So I'm Black Marcus. We're getting it done. Yeah. We're I'm, getting it done. I was like, <laughs> I love being Black Market's firm. Yeah. And uh, my mom tries to be so sweet with it. Like she tells me like, Laura, <laughs> I picked up the sperm. I picked it up. I kept it warm to me because it was fresh sperm. Sure, yeah. And I whisked off to your father's office because, and that's where you were made. And I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. It's like the clinic was closed because it was a Jewish holiday weekend, but dad was fucking working. Yeah, right. Dad was fucking working. So, and my mom's like, yeah, he has Someone's got to pay for the sperm. Someone's got to pay yeah. for the sperm. So apparently <laughs> he inseminated her and she was on his couch and he, and she just like kept her legs up. And wow. as he like, you know, continued with his spreadsheet. I mean, I knew things happened in the high, like the offices of like corporate buildings in the eighties, but I never would have guessed that uh, sperm donation conception would have been one of those things although i, I should have right i've seen mad men I, like that's one it's only one step further than well what and they my did. dad was in advertising too so Great. i asked him i was like dad was like was mad men accurate and he was in the 80s and he was like yeah just add more cocaine and that was what it was yeah like my dad was an account guy so he was like oh, yeah. roger yeah, yeah, and he yeah, was yeah. like i didn't have a desk i had a bar right i was like you are a Fucking animal, man. Damn it. And then now all these fucking nerds in tech are like, we want kombucha. It's like, can we go back to the good old days? Like, what are we doing? Why are we drinking kombucha? We could have lines of cocaine in this office. Anyway. Uh, we are a pro Sorry, the soapbox is yours. Okay, the, so... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Officially, because my parents listen, we are not a, a cocaine friend. We are not a cocaine podcast. for the joke. Yes, absolutely. All right, so yes. box is yours you again. You have a very well-behaved son. <laughs> well-behaved. I have a nice apartment. If I had a cocaine it habit, a I would not nice, be able to do this. It's a very lovely apartment. Thank you. I appreciate very it. Very nice. Um, great location. So, uh, so yes. So then I was made, and um, and I always tell my parents, I'm like, you got what you fucking deserved because, like, obviously, like after, like that's the <laughs> way comedian. that you made it. Yes. <laughs> Did you think after that was the way you made me, you were going to uh, get a lawyer? We're going to no, get a doctor? No. Of course not. You're going to get a fucking cop. That you're going to so get a sense. clown. Yeah. This is your fault, guys. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. this is your yeah, fault. Yeah, you came out of the womb with a red nose on. I did. Uh, like... what? <laughs> Sorry. That's why, that's your, I take no responsibility for my no, choices. No, like, no, this no, is no. you guys. Mm-mm. No, 100% nature over nurture going on sure. over here. <laughs> now, See, your mom has to be, like, nice about this because she tried so hard to have, to, like, get this to work. Like, years of pain, and you're like, you did it what way? Like, she has to be like, it was all, it's, I don't know. My mother is a ray of fucking, is a ray of fucking sunshine. She is the sweetest human being. She's a freaking doll. And she tells this so sweetly. Like, she was just like, no, Laura, I picked up the sperm, and I kept it, and I just, I love, and I'm just like, mom do you do you hear <laughs> that this isn't a conce- and i and i am always like mom this isn't a conception story this is an origin story yeah and this isn't an origin story for like the justice league this is like the legion of doom yeah 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 like mm-mm. like if she dropped the sperm in a vat of acid before that happened like then i would complete super villain could be the joker 100 percent. like this is <laughs> i am only one vat of acid away from being coming the joker <laughs> already a comic like we're yeah. already half like, I was gonna so say there. I think most comics could fit into that mm-hmm. I'm like I'd like to think of myself as chaotic good right now but that could flip pretty easily oh we're like uh, one <laughs> bad day we're only a few bad sets from becoming the Joker yeah yeah, yeah. I'll take it um, okay so that's a wild so like when did you it's like my younger brother is adopted and so it's kind of like a whole thing of like when do we tell him how do we tell him like how does that go along with his, like, how he sees himself. Um, what was that like for you? Like, when did you find out from your parents that you were donor-conceived? Yeah. Like, what was that conversation like? I was 14 years old. Okay. And it was the best conversation ever because, like, I was uh, I was in the car with my dad because that's where all dads have important conversations. Yes. Because they don't yeah. have to look at you. You don't have to make eye contact. Don't make eye contact. goddamn right. The most yeah. important conversations are in the car. Yeah, and they're totally, like, dadding, yep. and it's fabulous, and the I love it. The kid can look out the window, and the dad looks straight. Yeah, no, that's that's where dads are at, like, their finest is in the car. <laughs> that's safe for them. Yep. You yep. can't, you have to stay in your seat. God damn. You can't touch me. You can't, I don't no. have to look at you. No. I have a full-on excuse now to look at you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the conversation has a has a specific time period. It because does. as soon as we get to our location, conversation's done. You ever had them take an extra lap while they were... Doing that, that's terrifying. You're like, oh, this conversation's not over? I'm sorry, I thought we had an out. 
once we uh, got home. No, we no. do not live on this other block, Father. It is within <laughs> their control because if they know. want it to end early, they will end early. That's but no, 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 we got to talk about it a little more. We're going to do that a little. Uh, we're going to drown that uh, little loop. We're going to go a long way. That totally depended on how much sass and sarcasm I gave my dad. Yes. If it was like, if I just accepted what he was saying, it was a short conversation, but uh, that wasn't my thing growing up. Well, <laughs> My dad, um, so what he, how he decided in my, my dad's infamous, my dad's, my dad's lovely, but in his, um, in his wisdom, I think he, um, underestimated how much sass I had in my little 14 year old body. Sure. And he was like, so, uh, Laura, do you know how babies are made? <laughs> and I just like, what am I? <laughs> and I just saw a joke opportunity and I was like, yeah, dad, I've seen Skinamax. There you go. And then my dad, though, volleyed and was just like, well, kiddo, <laughs> you know what sperm donation is? Yeah. And that was just like, and that was like, and I remember for me. You got too cheeky. He was able to just get right to the point. Oh, it was like that heckler who hands in your, uh, hands in your ass. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, shit, the heckler's not even <laughs> he, he knew it was coming, yeah. Oh, he had that ready to go. Yes, he did. And I remember it was a sensation where it was just suddenly like this, like, <laughs> kind of like thing where it like I swear I saw the matrix because I knew something was up uh, like I look like a carbon copy of my mom if you okay. saw my mom I look exactly like her my dad we're we have, both have white skin that's it that's uh, all okay. we have in common everything else is different um there is nothing about us that looks familiar and I always knew something was up. I was, I was like, was I switched at birth? Did something happen? Like, because it just was I stolen by aliens? I don't right. know, just something. But I could tell something wasn't yeah. right. And I could, like, smell it. Did mom sleep with the mailman? Did yeah. mom sleep with the mailman? Like, what the fuck happened? And as soon as they I it made so much sense. I was, um, honestly, it was, like, really validating to hear because I was just like, oh, this is this feeling that I've been feeling my whole life. Which is what I will say about, like, your brother. He prop there's a good chance he instinctually already knows something's up. Yeah. Well, he knows, so he knows now. Oh, he um, knows now. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's 15. We, uh, his cousin was also adopted. And my, uh, my half brother who was adopted is like white and he actually kind of looks like me and my other brothers. So okay. like, we'd like, we would kind of joke when he was younger. It's like, we might not need to fucking tell him. But like, um, but his cousin was also adopted cause he was from, and he was from Guatemala. So obviously he figured out pretty quick, like I am a different color than my parents. And then yeah. through that way, like the idea of being adopted wasn't foreign to my oh, brother. Okay. So, so it was they, accessible. Yeah. yeah. So they were, I'm sure it was still like a pretty significant moment in his life, but it wasn't yeah. like, you know, he, he had been around, he had family members that were already that way. So he could kind of think about it in that sense. Okay. Well, cause I was going to say like, a, and well, a lot of donor conceived people, and this isn't everybody. So we're not all a monolith, but so many donor conceived people instinctually knew something was up. They mm. absolutely knew. There's um, only, I mean, I've only spoken to a handful of donor conceived people who were genuinely shocked when they mm. found out. Okay. Most were like, oh yeah, that totally makes sense. They were like, I fucking knew something was Just wrong. like a gut feeling. It's incredible. Like, it, it's one of those things where both are true. DNA and genetics matter and they don't matter. It's like both mm. absolutely, absolutely are true. Like, there is something... Because uh, there is like genetic mirroring and seeing yourself in somebody else that sure. absolutely matters. And when you don't have that, you can sense something's off. Interesting. Okay. And also, sometimes family members who you are not genetically related to treat you like shit and they like. Well, okay. That also. <laughs> sometimes family members that you are genetically related to treat you like shit. But. I'm sure it's a different type of being treated like shit. Yeah, I mean, it definitely it definitely exists. And I mean, there are so many donor-conceived people who absolutely talk about, like, uh, not to get too dark on, who, who talk about, like, the amount of abuse they took from their non-genetic mm. family. Um, but then the genetic members were treated very differently, and they could always sense, like, why am I the author? Yeah, no, let's, let's talk about it. This podcast is not afraid to get oh, fuck dark. Yes, I mean, like, dark. what is the... What is, like, what are some stories that you've heard? And, like, is it anywhere close? I think American society right now is kind of wrapping its head around, like, how horrible it was to be, like, homosexual mm -hmm. in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Is it, like, kind of the same thing? Or is it, 
like obviously for different reasons, but it's just kind of like being othered by your family. Am yeah. I thinking about that the right way? Well, unfortunately, I, I will say, and this is and this is something for people just to know, whoever who do watch my TikTok, my Instagram stuff, the worst stories I have never shared publicly because I've sure. not been allowed to. And there are some stories that will become publicly known soon because um, I am working with certain networks to get um, certain stories published. Um, so those, so the worst of the worst I can't talk about yet. Um, but I will say it gets as dark as you think it does. Yeah. Um, and there are, I, I mean, the amount of donor conceived people who are, um, physically, sexually, mentally abused by their, um, non-biological parent mm. because they are their non-biological sure. parents so that is something that like well you know they're um, they're not my you know biological kid right so i'm allowed to there, do that i mean there is something hardwired especially yeah. for men to let to like provide for their offspring and it's like genetically encoded and i would assume when that's not there there are some men that like just can't wrap their head around this child that they know technically isn't their DNA. Well, and it's something that we have we have found like statistically, like uh, adopted kids are more likely to be um, abused, and, mm. in, and in the same way that like donor conceived people, very high high chance that they're going to be abused as well. Okay. Um, and it just it fucking sucks, and it's a, it's a dumb, it's yeah, an absolute horrible reality. Um, but specifically when it comes to donor conception, I mean, there are donor conceived, I'm trying to think of what are the stories that I can share right now? I mean, obviously, um, there's plenty of people that I know whose doctor switched out the chosen sperm, um, uh, sperm donor for their own. Yeah. That um, was like a national story. It was like a, there was a documentary that came our out father, like yeah. two, yeah, two our years father. ago or something. Oh, I think that's May. what, oh, okay. It was this past May. Wow. My, uh, sense of time is way off we're still in quarantine the, uh, mindset it still doesn't <laughs> i don't happen. think that's ever going away i think my sense of time is just completely depleted now i will say so when our father came out which was this past may so may 2022 um in the documentary it says that due to dna testing they have also caught 44 more doctors who have done the same thing wow. within the within the united states now since that came out on record, we have found another six more doctors who have done the same thing. Jesus. Now, I can't give you the number, but privately, people have told me their doctor also did it as well. They wow. just are not willing. They just are not comfortable coming forward. Sure. Um, there's a lot of people who are just, they're very scared to come forward. Um, what, what is that ratio? Like, so I'm, because I don't even have a concept of how many okay. of these doctors there are out there. So... The ratio is tough. So there are, hang on one sec. Um, sorry. So we have like 51, we know as of, I'm going to say like October, 2022, we know that at least 50 doctors, we, we have on record now, 50 doctors who switched out the chosen donor DNA for their own within the United States. And we okay. found that through like Ancestry and 23andMe. That's sure. how they were able to track it. Wow, what a way to go down. Like these doctors, no way they saw this coming, right? only 7% of the United States population has taken one of those commercial DNA tests. Uh, and we've already found 50. Are only 7% of the population. So are what percentage of uh, donor-conceived people have taken one of those though? We have no idea. Okay. There is because I would no, assume like those people would be more inclined to take one because they're more curious about their. Well, so many donor conceived like, people family. don't know they're donor conceived. Fair. That's a good point. So many people they just got don't, that feeling in their stomach. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> they don't so, know for sure. So many people. I would tell anybody saying if your parents told you that you were IVF, um, if your parents had told you that like yeah they had they struggled with infertility, go get your DNA tested immediately. Yeah. Because those are usually the tales the telltale signs that there's actually a very higher chance that you actually might be donor conceived. They just haven't mm. told you that piece of it yet. Interesting. But usually they start, or what they're comfortable telling you is you were IVF, or they were struggling with infertility. So if your parents have done that, I would go get your DNA tested immediately. Um, that's one. But yeah, we have no idea how many donor conceived people exist. There's no okay. national registry. There wow. is a national registry in terms of like how many IVF babies there are. Sure. But donor conceived, we have no idea. 
That seems like something to keep track of. It's a huge, but they don't want to because of how many donor conceptions that have been done, um, uh, like, completely horribly. Like mine, uh. or, how many pa- or how many of our um, records have been destroyed. For example, for me, I called the doctor who inseminated me uh, when I was 19 years old because I wanted my medical history. Okay. And I was like, is there any way for me to find my medical history, you know who my donor is, a donor number, like literally anything. And he said, um, so I don't know who your donor was because we're completely anonymous. It came mm-hmm. from a clinic that would have been either a med student or a doctor, but that clinic has burned to the ground along with all your files. Jesus. So I can't. And if you talk to donor conceived people, like if you talk to 20 donor conceived people, I promise you half of them are going to tell you that their clinic said that their, uh, papers were destroyed. I, I'm gonna. That is fifty wow. percent. I would guarantee you. So do you think that's intentional? Yes, one hundred percent. Okay. Absolutely. It was oh, not. Absolutely. It's not just like random. I'm sure they try to brush it off as like, oh yep, electrical fire. Like, oh no, what happened? Because the papers that we do have on donor profiles, the amount of like discrepancies that we can immediately find mm. are huge. Um, there are things, um, that like, there's a donor conceived person I know has their donor profile lists, like all the medical shit. She found her donor, showed him the donor profile. And he said, I didn't write any of this. Wow. So the fact that we can fact check all this shit now because of ancestry and 23 and me, yeah, we can find the amount of discrepancies. Um, there's a pod of a hundred donor conceived people that I found who even said that they're, that, um, parents got dinner different donor profiles like not all the donor profiles are the same like they have different wow um, pieces to them okay so i know what it is just from watching your tiktoks mm-hmm. could you define what a pod is sure uh a pod is what we talk is what we say is like um is a group of donor conceived half siblings okay so all from the same donor. father yeah or or egg donor oh okay it could be both a sperm donor or an egg Gotcha. Okay, so a pod would be like they are all genetically related. They're all half 50%. siblings. Yeah, all half siblings. Got it. Okay, so you're saying that you've that this pod of a hundred. Mm-hmm. It's over a hundred, but you will say hundred. Yeah. They all tried to get their records, and they were all different, even though they know they're all from them, the same yeah. donor. Yeah. They, there wow. were there were differences in the profile. Like they were not all unanimous. How does that? Ha- does it? like come from one donor and then like each clinic edits it like how do these discrepancies come about it's from one clinic um and the the clinics lie a lot Mm. and there's nothing to stop them i mean it's one of the things that i always talk about that it is only illegal in um now 39, we just got we just got it passed in other states, but it was just only illegal in 39 states for a doctor to switch out the chosen sperm for his own. Wow. And that's not illegal. So, so like if, 11 states, that is legal. 11, no, 11 states, it is illegal. Oh. Sorry, oh. I, did I fuck that up? Sorry. I don't know. I might have. Okay. Either so way, <laughs> that's only, crazy. It is only illegal. <laughs> it's crazy it's not 50. <laughs> so it is only illegal in 11 states for a doctor to switch out the chosen sperm for his own or for any other donor yeah. that they did not consent to. That's only illegal in 11 states. It just got passed in Ohio. I don't think the governor has signed it yet, mm. but it has passed like the House and the Senate in Ohio. Sure. So that's why I'm saying 39, but it's really 40 okay. um, because they could still do it in Ohio right now. Um, but we're very excited about Ohio. But um, Do we think that's going to... Like, I know it's obviously good. Do we think that's going to make a difference? Like, do, yes. do we think that because it's illegal, it's now going to stop these people or these people like the way, so my background's in psychology and the mm-hmm. way that I'm picturing these people is like psychopathic. Like that is, that to me is a psychopathic yeah. narcissistic thing to do. I'm like, would a strict law actually stop these people from doing it? I okay. absolutely think it will. Um, I think actually having a legit consequence because right now there isn't really a consequence. They can really get away with it. They be like, um, there is, and you can read all about it. If you, um, Google New York post Rochester infertility scandal, you're going to see an article about, um, a man named Dr. Wortman. He has, I think now he, and, uh, one of, um, and so he was an infertility, he was an OBGYN. Um, and he switched out the chosen donor DNA for his own 
and at least I think it's 17 kids at this point. I don't know if it's more, but 17. He's been fully caught, and he is still in practice in New York and Rochester. Jeez. Still in practice. Yeah. And and again, New York posted a full yeah, article about it. Right. He's still in practice. Please go read it. I encourage everyone to go read it. It's fucking insane. Okay. Would the laws, like, let's say New York passes it, mm -hmm. I don't know, like, would they be able to retroactively go after these people? Oh, I don't know. And it's like, I doubt it. I doubt retroactively okay. we can. I think it would be anything that is, like, now discovered, um, or at least moving forward. I think it's really moving forward. Yeah. Um, that's illegal. And, um, but I mean, like, the clinics are trying really hard to fight against it because oh, now sure. they, well, what they're making parents do now, and we have contracts to prove it, they're making, they're telling parents that if you let your child get their um, DNA tested through Ancestry or 23andMe, that they have the right to sue them. Wow, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're trying very, very hard for parents Jeez. to keep, for, to keep the families in the dark. And parents are going with it. They are going with it um, because they don't understand how, un because the, the parents are trusting the clinics at their word. Mm -hmm. They don't understand how unregulated the clinics are. Yeah. Because the clinics, I mean, again, there isn't a cap on how many babies can come from one donor. Yeah. Anywhere in the United States. Colorado recently passed, um, there's a 25 family limit, but that law will not go into effect for at least another few years. Wow. So again, nowhere in the United States. You are not required anywhere in the United States to do genetic testing. Yeah. The only thing that the FDA requires the clinics to do is to do an STD test. That's it. Okay. Well, that's good, at least. That's <laughs> a start. I mean, what a, what like, a low bar. What a fucking low bar. <laughs> goddamn low bar it is and you they're not you know they don't have to pass on imperative health information yeah so like there's donors that i know who have had um heart attacks whose family members got like this really rare form of cancer or who have died from a genetic illness and they call the clinic and they're like you need to tell all the donor conceived people immediately get my don't get my children echoes ekgs blood tests um they need to start getting mammograms immediately like whatever it is and the clinic just goes no no yeah no so parents are trusting these clinics at their word yeah. Um, now, typically what we have found is parents, like, once their child is born and once they start showing, like, signs, like, typically we, we've noticed a lot of parents, like, by the ch time the child is, like, three or four years old and, like, medical issues have started happening, parents are starting to go, like, wait, what's happening? Something's, something's, something's wrong. And then they start connecting with other recipient parents mm -hmm. from that same donor and they go, wait, are you going through this? I'm going through this. Please, are you going through I'm going through this. Wait, how many of the, how many right. siblings does my kid have? Right, what? right, right. And then they start putting it together. But at that point, it's too fucking late. It's a it's a really fucking shit situation. I'm on the phone right now. I've been talking to an, a recipient parent who has a one-year-old who's now like just sort of discovering all of this. And it's heartbreaking because like I have to tell her like, yeah, it's it's that bad. Yeah. yeah. It's that bad. I'm so sorry. It is that bad. And it's horrible to talk to and, and tell recipient parents because it's they feel so guilty because they're like, I didn't know they lied to me. These are doctors like I signed. It. And, and it's like, I understand. And I am sorry. But yeah, it's it's just it's horrible. It's horrible what everybody in the situation has to go through. Yeah, I mean, and that's that is kind of what I wanted to touch on next is like why why is this so horrible but aside from the like capitalism <laughs> no 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 not not like not like why did it end up this way although that is i think that is an interesting way to put it but like more stuff about like the medical histories oh, and yeah, stuff yeah. like what are aside from the like overall this is fucked up because the other thing that what i was thinking of is like yeah what if someone has you know, a pot of a hundred and you think about like a small state, like let's say like Vermont, Wyoming, New Hampshire, whatever, like there's a chance if the pot is big enough that these kids are, that these people are going to end up hooking up and like having it's children together. Happened. Wow. We know, I mean, we know donor conceived siblings who have dated. We know donor conceived people who have dated the same person. Yikes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's happened. Um, cuz typically donor conceived people like are around the same age. 
Yeah. Um, and they're typically within the same area. Um, no. So what ends up happening is no one is supposed to have 100 kids. No. That's not what's supposed to happen. Now, there's Genghis not- Genghis Khan's the only one. Genghis Khan's <laughs> the only one. Um, now, obviously, like, there's not a single human being who doesn't have- isn't a carrier for some genetic illness. Sure. We all have problems, but you're not supposed to have 100 kids. Mm-hmm. And what happens when you have 100 kids and you have, you start fucking with the, um, you start fucking with the genetic, uh, you start, sorry, you start screwing with the diversity of our, of the genetic pool. The gene pool, yeah. It starts getting fucked over. And what we have found, also on top of which, there's a lot of horrific donors out there who donate and lie about having genetic illnesses, who they donate knowing they have genetic illnesses. So we have a donor who, there's a donor who uh, donated to two different clinics, knowingly having a rare blood disorder, has 70 kids now. Wow. So he knowingly did that. Jesus. Um, Now. Didn't they, so I guess. And this was recent. How does he get, yeah, how does he get to that point? Like, he knew that, and the clinic was like, nah, mm-hmm. we don't really care. As long as you don't have any STDs, we're fine. So he, their clinics are not required to verify medical history. Wow. So they, no, no clinic in the United States has to verify medical history. So the donors go in, and they fill out whatever they want to fill out. Mm-hmm. And this is so fucking dangerous. Yeah. Because uh-huh. the incentive is money, and it's good money. Cause you, yeah, you get paid for sperm you, donation. You can make, especially like I, if you are certain quality traits, right? Like I've heard, blood, if you're Jewish, white, if you're eyed. tall, if you got blue eyes. If like, you are a white guy with blonde hair and blue eyes with some sports capability and a degree, oh my god, you're making bank. What am I doing in my day job, dude? I, oh, <laughs> are you kidding me? They would sell you like fucking crazy yes. all right oh my god they would sell you like pay fucking... my way through comedy this oh is my be god great. no they they would absolutely because especially <laughs> because you're you're tall yeah oh my god do they 100 so when you're actually let's say because i want to stick with the the bad yeah. stuff and then we can get into like um how people choose who their donor is going to be but like um so sorry like the downside of these gene pools getting fucked up is like when they're not, when they don't have the full medical history, you're ending up with what, like a hundred, hundred and fifty people that all have the same who have, blood disorder, like who have no access to an updated medical history, who have no access to a correct medical history, geez. don't have access to um, know who their genetic family is, so they don't, they can't even get updated, so they are not getting checked, treated properly, um, so they fucking suffer. They yeah. suffer tremendously. They die. There's donor conceived people who have died because of this. Um, it's ridiculous and it's yeah. horrible. Um, and it's just a, such an unneeded thing. Now, and, and the parents had no idea. That it's just, yeah. It's so we have this like breeding of genetic illnesses mm. that we have no treatments for. Yeah. So, okay. Is there one that's like more common than others or is it just like all over the place? Like there's no way to figure out It's like, is, I guess no. Cause you can't really narrow down like who the people are that are stone, the sperm donors. Right. Cause there, from my research, there hasn't been like a, uh, at least for me, I haven't been able to go like, Oh, this is the, the biggest genetic illness that has been pot. Like I've not been able to like okay. find that. Sure. Um, but the but I swear it like they're the amount of well like that pod that we I was just mentioning that hundred they are medically suffering tremendously sure um I remember I spoke to one girl who um she has a a cyst growing on her spine and she's not going to be able to like walk when she gets older like wow. that's when she I think like, I think she said like 60 put an asterisk on that because I'm not 100% Jeez. sure um, and I asked her I was like am I allowed to because I was interviewing a lot of the siblings and I was like am I allowed to ch- ask your other siblings if they have issues with cysts as well and she was like absolutely the next sibling I talked to I was like by the way do you have any issues with cysts and she was like how did you know that yeah and I was like you have issues with cysts she was like yeah they grow on my thyroid all the time how did oh. you know um and the amount of um autoimmune disorders that they just like they all have um pots uh Ehlers-Danlos syndrome um 
they a lot of that pod suffers from a ton of um, mental illness that uh, would be classified as genetic. Um, wow. It's just it's it's big shit that could have been much more easily treated if they knew about it when they were much younger. Right. Um, or could be treated and diagnosed much sooner if they if there was a family history mm-hmm. um, because then the doctors would go oh great it's this let's test for that immediately because people really don't understand what how you test for like you genetically test for things sure. because like people whenever I talk about this people are like oh we'll just do a 23andMe test and I'm like one 23andMe is not a medical grade test right you're you, spitting into a vial. I'm like, what the? F- you think you're gonna like? No, you can You can barely do STD tests with your spit. It's like <laughs> it's not a medical degree test. You have to go to like a geneticist, right? But even geneticists will tell you, my work is only going to tell you half of the information. Yeah, you need the other half of a oral family medical history to tell you actually like things that I should be looking for. Um, it can tell you actually how much of a risk something is. Um, okay. stuff like that. Like it, it's just people don't really understand. And and then I also get people telling me like, well, I don't know my family's medical history. Like fucking sucks. But like get over it. And I'm like, well, do you know both of your biological parents? And they go, yeah. Like yeah. so, you would know if your mom gets breast cancer or your dad dropped dead of a heart attack at the age of right. fifty. That's medical history right there. That's what we're talking about. I'm not saying that you need to know that like your great aunt was allergic to oranges. Yeah. Um, there are donor. Conce- that'd be nice to know. That'd be nice to know. <laughs> but there are donor conceived people whose donors had heart failure at the age of 30 and don't know that. Yeah. That is that's, uh, that's a bit sh- of an issue to say lately. It's a bit of a fucking lately. issue. It's, you, you create these little ticking time bombs. So, legislating it, like, mm-hmm. where? What do you want to see from legislators around? Uh, so, like, baseline open yeah. information, right? Like, so, like, yeah. for instance, I have, I have breast cancer that runs in my family. Mm-hmm. It's not on, like, we don't think it's on my side, but like, it's been through enough of us that we're like, yeah, you know what? Like, keep an eye out for it. Like, should that theoretically disqualify? me from donating sperm no. if I wanted to. No. Okay, I don't think so that would be too far. Here, here would be my thing and this would be something where, please remember I have a theater degree and I'm a comedian <laughs> so yeah, But your I'm, dad was either a doctor or a lawyer. Yeah, my, my, <laughs> he was, yes, he was a doctor. So I would say like, I would definitely like I would say I'm sure this is something for where like people on ethics committees, historians, doctors, geneticists, they need to be the ones who are really having this conversation. But there is a worry about like eugenics. Mm. And so we really don't want to, because this is where we we really are on that line because we don't want to get eugenics-y. That's not what we want to do. No, 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 no. Um, That is a fine line to walk. It's a fine line to walk. Now, as of right now, donor conception is legalized eugenics. Okay. We don't want that. So we want to undo that so one we need an anti-discrimination bill against donors okay uh, for donors sorry we need an anti-discrimination um bill to protect donors because right now it's a bunch of random people in a back room deciding who and who isn't allowed to procreate Mm. and there's a reason if you line up all donor conceived people we all look alike, and oh boy we happen to be white yeah all of us right and if you look at the big pods it's all white donors. Weird how that happens. Right. Fucking strange. And if you are trying, like if you're a family who who is like a BIPOC family and you're trying to find like a BIPOC donor, you're going to have a hell of a time trying to find a BIPOC donor. You might sure. not even be able to find one because of how hard they're able to find. And that is because the industry has been discriminating against them for decades. So one, there needs to be an anti-discrimination law. That's one. Now... I don't I don't give a shit what kind of genetic illnesses run in your family that you have. I don't I don't give a fuck what, what they have. You just have to be able to hand in a verified medical history, have everything there and give the parents informed consent. Mm, okay. That's it. Parents like people think that like, oh, well, all parents want a six foot five, you know, um, Henry Cavill as a donor. <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't? But yeah. like but that's not the case it's very interesting things that the parents look for in terms of donors Mm. um and it's not 
always what you would think. Most of the time, they try and find donors that match the non-genetic parent. Sure. So that's not, you know, typically going to be Henry Cavill. Right. So you would be surprised as to what parents go for. Um, so as long as that information is available, then, and it's honest, then cool. Then that's what we need. That alone is a game-changing thing. So that is one thing. And then the other piece that we need, and this would probably be the most stigmatized-esque piece, would be we have to ban anonymity. Mm. Anonymity okay. has to go away. That would really uh, limit the donors, the donor market, right? But you're no. saying that would be a good thing. No. It wouldn't. It absolutely okay. would not. Hmm. Um, so th- this is this is something, and I know I'm going to have people arguing with me about this one. Great. Um, Let and, us know in the comments. It'll boost this on the and algorithm. And I'm going to tell you, fuck off. I'm right. <laughs> um, Laura will tell you to fuck off, and we'll get off. all the views. Okay. So right now, we are having a massive... Um, Okay, hold on. God, there's so many pieces to this. So right now you're going to tell me that like, well, Laura, so there are multiple countries who all banned anonymity. Yep. All banned it. Do people still donate. Okay. Um, you have the UK, Germany, Sweden, New Zealand, Australia, Germany, Netherlands, and Norway. Okay. They all banned anonymity. People still donate. Now people are going to go, um, but Laura, um, there's a huge donor short- shortage right now. There's not enough donors. No, it's the same amount of people have been donating throughout all time. More people are going to the infertility industry right now. Mm. So the de- so the supply is the su- is the same. The demands have grown. So no, it's not stopped people from donating. And they even did research in Victoria, Australia, and they found that, and this information is readily available, that when they took away anonymity and they made a completely open donation, um, donor the donors increased by uh, 40%. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Because I do think a lot of people don't like, the, there's a... It, most don't like a lot of people the reason they don't donate is because of anonymity they don't like it they feel like that's wrong they yeah. feel like they they're like look i i want to be a donor i want to help this out but the idea that i am completely cut off from my genetic child for their entire life i don't like that i don't feel comfortable donating yeah a lot more people feel comfortable donating with the anonymity being gone so are there rules in those countries around like uh like contact or something as they like is it up to the donor to decide if he wants to contact like it's up to the donor conceived child oh okay so you're just so in these countries essentially you're signing up and saying like yes these like let's put a cap at 25 because that's what you said colorado just did like Uh, these 25 fam families people it's much smaller in in other countries like in the uk it's 10 families i I know in new zealand it's even smaller but yeah, so it's it's a much, much significantly smaller. It's not 100 kids in the least bit. Sure. It's <laughs> not at all. So like it's 20 kids and they all have the right to contact their donor. Typically, it's like open ID at the age of like 18. Mm. Um, the donor can't reach out to the kids. Okay. Um, now, like let's say maybe the donor, when the donor conceived child is like five years old and maybe they have a heart attack and they need to get that information to the kid, sure. they can contact the clinic and the clinic absolutely will get that. But the ch- it is up to the child when they are at the age of 18 if they want to contact the donor. And some donor conceived children have no interest in contacting their donor. And, sure. that is th- but, and that's their right, but that's the distinction. It needs to be the donor conceived child's choice. Interesting. Okay. But having that open availability and that contact... Um, makes it so much safer because you're able to give updated health information which sure. literally can be life-saving yeah that's a good point I, I guess i'm i'm trying to think of it from the like non-anonymous donor uh perspective because i do believe you that uh, like uh, just as many people would want to donate um it's and it's like like it's men, be mentally psychologically for yeah. for that person like that must be a trip to like know okay here here I 10 people have my genetics Mm -hmm. they may or may not reach out I don't know what they're gonna want I don't know what kind of relationship that like that seems like a lot to just be waiting on we're like well 18 years like let's see what happens it's a big thing and but but that's that's the thing about it is it should have that weight Mm. um clinics have spent the last 
few decades trying really hard to have donors not actually think about the implications um they really are be like but you get eighteen hundred dollars a month but you get eighteen hundred dollars a month the literal the posters that say um literal jerk off and pay for spring break they don't want you to think about the fact that you are selling your genetic material to make a sentient human being they don't want you to think about the fact that yeah you're gonna have a hundred biological children. Yeah. They don't want you to think about the fact that you will have children out there. You will. And what ends up happening yeah. is and they specifically target college age students. Yeah. Um, specifically for that purpose. So they shine like spring break, beer money, um, and and material objects to be like, hey, pay off your student loan debt by giving us your genetic material. Ha ha ha. And then what ends up happening is the college student donates. And then 20 years later, they have their own, and I've spoken to donors about this, 20 years later, they have their own kids, they have their own family, and then they realize, holy shit, I have other kids out there. Yeah. Holy fuck, what have I done? That realization, that weight, they realize it later on anyway. Okay. So it's better to deal with it when you're donating to make that informed choice to be like, okay, I really want to take this responsibility on versus realizing it when you're 50 years old you have kids you have a wife that now you have to break it to because typically donors don't tell their partner yeah until you know you have donor conceived people knocking on their door right, saying right. like hey can i have my medical yeah, yeah, history yeah. yeah that'd be a wild thing to learn about your uh partner yeah at that age but there are so many people also nowadays who are like i don't want to have my own children mm-hmm. okay totally cool uh, and so for them, they're like, how about I just donate some of my genetic material? Y'all can have it. And just you guys fucking raise the kids. And I'm available to like give medical history to say hi to if they have questions. Yeah. Like, cool. Sure. There's it's completely we what has been normalized has been normalized. So the infertility industry has been able to get away with shady shit. Anonymity only protects the infertility industry. It does not protect donors. That makes sense. This was fascinating. You got to go to a show. I got to go to a show. Where can one, where can people find you? So like your social media, Mm -hmm. where they can uh, find your stuff, your shows, all that. And then where can they find information on this? Like if anyone's listening that is a donor conceived person, Um, um, give us everything. Okay, so if you want to like hear more of my videos or like you can check out my TikTok, my Instagram. Um, it's all at Laura High Five and five like the number five. Um, if you want to come see me do stand up, um, my Instagram I always post shows, but you can also um check out my website www.laurahighfive.com. Five is spelled out there. It has my list of shows. Okay. Um, I always um I and I do get last minute shows and I always post them on my Instagram. So definitely, um. So definitely always check there. Um, if you are donor conceived and you want more information, you need some help, definitely follow Donor Conceived Council on Instagram. Mm. Um, go to wearedonorconceived.com. If you are looking for like support groups and help, um, there is the Donor Conceived Support Group. Um, that also you can find them on Instagram very easily. It's a DCC. Um, and you also, if you need help, um, there is a right to know is great. If you need help finding family members or um, you can do DNA Angels, they are a great nonprofit who will absolutely help you out. Um, but I cannot encourage you enough to go get your DNA tested from 23andMe and Ancestry. I know a lot of people are like, but I don't want to sell my information to a fucking private. In- yeah, it's fun. Um, I will <laughs> tell you, a private company already has your genetic material. Uh, that's yeah. the infertility. It's a good industry. point. So if you are a do- <clears throat> like, that's the thing. If you are a donor, you literally already sold your you literally sold your fucking sperm and eggs to a private <laughs> industry. They already fucking have it, losers. Mm-hmm. Can I say, I'm sorry, that was aggressive. Sure. You, you're, <laughs> fucking, but I, you're, you're a loser when you argue with me about this one. True. Like, it's like, think about it. Like, you literally sold your fucking sperm <laughs> to a private corporation. Yeah. And now you're like, but I don't want to spit in a tube. Fuck off. Like, you already did it. Like, get a grip. That is a very good point. And so for donor conceived people, a private industry already has your fucking DNA. They already have your biological parents' DNA. Like it's already there. So at least get information that is helpful to you, which is knowing who your family members are. Because if you can find your siblings, find your donor, then you can also start collecting medical information that could literally save your fucking life. 
So yeah, get on it, losers. Get on it, losers. You fucking heard it here first. I do remember, like, I am a stand-up comic first, so <laughs> I mean, I do advocacy, but like, yeah. I'm, I'm also will, I, I will always end shit with a fucking mean-ass punchline. Good. So fucking losers, love it. Um, follow me at Corey T Comedy on all social media: TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. Come to Ope, a comedy show in the East Village every single Thursday. It's a great show. It's a Laura's great Laura's been on it before. She'll definitely be on it again. Hopefully, because um, I sucked the first time. No, you were great. Shut the fuck up. He's lying. I was um, not great. Don't be a loser. The uh, <laughs> so for you, New York, come to my show. Come to one of Laura's shows. Um, Laura, this was awesome let's do it again either on this if there's like some development we'll have you back on or if you got another topic like always happy to have you on beanie babies great awesome.